All right, so we'll say good morning. Let us begin. All right, let's begin by thanking our sponsors and thank our Tamil Torah sponsors for the month of Tamil's Adam, Yudip, and Zev for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in honor of their children, Jake, Serena, and Rosie. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Rabbi Larry and Florence Ziffer, in memory of Rabbi Ziffer's father, Pinchas ben Yosef Elimelech, Zichron Levracha. We hope that in the merit of our Tamator, the Neshama will have an Aliyah, and the family a Nechama. And both with that, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today. Today's Daf is Daf Ayin. For those, uh, for those of us who learned the Daf together yesterday in the show, we left off a little bit on Sanach Tes Amud Beis, and we left off actually in the middle of the sugya of Ezra, together with a group of Klal Yisrael, trying to daven for the removal of the Yitzhara for Arayos. So we left off a little bit, um, I think we left off about, yeah, about right, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, Oh, 14, 16, 18. Okay, a lot of lines, a lot of lines from the bottom. About 20 lines up from the bottom. So we'll remember again that Ezra and his Hevra felt so, felt so confident because Baruch Hashem, they were able to go ahead and lobby for the removal of the Yitzhara for Avodah So they figured, you know what? Once we've been able to remove the Yitzhara for Avodah let's remove the Yitzhara for Arayos as well, for immorality. They begin to go ahead and rein in that Yitzhahara, and the Yitzhahara itself tells them, if you do this, understand you'll destroy the world. Because as we discussed yesterday, and actually we saw this in Sitka Satsadik a couple of weeks ago, remember again, Chait is a manifestation or a misdirection of energy. Energy by itself is not good, it's not bad, it just is. The Shaila in life is how you choose ultimately to use it. So the Yitzhahara for Arayos ultimately again comes from an energy, a, a koach of passion. A person could choose to misdirect it in all the wrong ways, but Lamaisa, if channeled directly, it also allows for procreation, it also allows for the continuity of mankind, it also allows for the, for the world to continue to exist. So the Yitzhahara warns Ezra and Dishevra, if you get rid of me, you're not only going to remove the immorality aspect, but you're going to remove even the most basic desire for procreation. And in fact, the Gemara says what occurred. They looked throughout all of Eretz Yisrael and they could not find a chicken which was laying an egg. So therefore, again, they're in this, this, they're in this difficulty. So the Gemara says, Amri, hechi navid, what should we do? So the Gemara says, hechi navid, naktalei kalya alma. If we go ahead and, er- and eradicate this Yitzhar in totality, the world will cease to exist. This is very interesting. So then the next option is, well, let's ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu just to remove part of this Yitzhahara. Part of this Yitzhahara. So, this is very interesting. The Rikono Shalom apparently does not grant partial requests in this area. It, it's really quite fascinating. In other words, either Yitzhahara exists or it doesn't exist. So for example, by Avodah Zorah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'll remove it, I'll remove it, right? That's where the piska, the piece of paper that said MS on it came down from Shamayim. I'll remove it. But Lamai said, there's no such thing as a partial removing of Yitzhahara like this. So what do they do? Kachlinu So they literally means they blinded the eye of the Yitzhahara. For Arayos, Vishavkua. And then they let it go. 
So what, what does it mean about Zayin? Va'ahani t'lo migri ba'le'inish bekrivasa. So I'll say what they did essentially was is they blunted the impact of that Yitzhahara. So to fully remove it, they couldn't do. To remove it even partially, they couldn't do. But somehow they were able to blunt the effect of that Yitzhahara. How does that manifest itself? A person doesn't have a desire for incest which is an interesting idea. So a person might desire all different types of arayos, but interestingly enough, normal people don't have a desire, normal people don't have to combat a desire for incest. So Ezra and this Kevra was able to remove the desire for arayos to some small degree, at least some area of illicit unions, they were able to go ahead and take off the table. Incredible. The Ma'arava Masnuachi, so we'll say in Eretz Yisrael, they had a different version. Remember again, this is all about Ezra's gathering people, and he's, he's going, the Lashon of the Pasuk was that he went ahead and he said the, the Lashon was, Vayivarech Ezra es Hashem Elohim HaGadol. So we're trying to figure out what the Godel was. And Eretz Yisrael had a different version of this. Eretz Yisrael, but Ma'arav HaMasnuachi, Rav Gidl Amar, Godel Shekidlo B'Shem HaMafurash. Godel means that Ezra blessed HaKadosh Baruch Hu using the ineffable name. Now the Chiddush over there is that normally, as we said before, you're only allowed to use the Shema Mufurosh where? Where? Inside of the Beis HaMikdosh. The Chiddush was that Ezra used the ineffable name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu outside of the Beis HaMikdosh. Rab Masna Amar, no, no, no. HaKel HaGodol HaGibar VeHanora. That Ezra blessed HaKadosh Baruch Hu using the formulation of God, who is Godol, Gibar and Nora. Godel, great. Gibar, strong. Nora, awesome. So it says the Gimara Bahad Rav Masna Matye, the Drav Yoshoban Levi. And the statement of Rav Masna, so of course, Rav Levi, Dharma Yoshoban Levi. Lama Nikran Shmon Anshikinesis Agidola. It will say, why were the, why was this group of Rabbanim, not just Rabbanim, why are these group of Tzadikim known as the Anshikinesis Hagidola, the men of the great assembly? Shech Ziru. Atara Liyoshna, I will say this is beautiful, because they reestablished the crown, the glory of the crown as it once was. In other words, apparently there was the crown of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the crown Kivyoko was diminished, and this group restored the crown to its former glory. What happened? Asa Moshe, Amar HaKel HaGodol HaGibar V'Hanora. Moshe Rabbeinu, when referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Devarim, ultimately calls Hashem HaKel HaGodol HaGibar V'Hanora. Okay, so that formulation comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. Asi Yirmiya, Yirmiya Navi came along, Va'amar Nachrim Mekarkarin Behechalo, Ayinora Osaf. So Yirmiya says, How can you call that Kaddish Baruch Hu Nora when literally again the Nachrim, the Gentile nations, have overrun the base of Midrash? Mekarkarin literally means croaking, right? In other words, they're celebrating. They're celebrating in a destroyed base Hamikdash. So where is the Nora Osaf? Where is the awesomeness of Kaddish Baruch Hu? Lo Amar Nora. Yermio stopped saying Nora. He took off Nora. Asa Daniel. Amar Nachrim Mishtabdim Bibanov. Ayegvurosov. Daniel comes along and says, I don't understand. The Gentile nations are enslaving the Jewish people. Where is the Gvura? Where is the strength of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Lo Amar Gibar. So we'll say, so you see something amazing. Right? So Yermio comes along and takes away Nora. Daniel comes along and takes away Gvura. Asa Inu. The Anshe Knesset Hagadola come along. Va'amar Adraba Zohi Gvuras Gvuraso Shekovish Es Yitzro Shenosin Erech Apaim Dereshem. So let's listen to this. Anshe Knesset Hagadola came along, 
And they said differently. They said no. That this in and of itself is the Gevura of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But say, where does the strength of the Rebbe Shal manifest itself? In his ability to abstain from punishing the Gentile nations. He exhibits patience towards the wicked. And here is the awesomeness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. For were it not for the fear that the nations have of God, how could it be that one nation, the Jewish people, is able to go ahead and exist between all of the nations? So I just want to point out something absolutely amazing. See, the Anshi Knesset HaGadola understood, and really, if you think about this, this is incredible. You see, what happens over here is, Yermio comes along, and he removes, he, I'm sorry, Daniel comes along, and he removes Gvurosov, he removes Gvura's strength, because he sees the fact that the Nachrim have overrun the Beis HaMikdash as a sign of, quote-unquote, divine weakness. Divine weakness. Anshi Knesset HaGadola come along, and they reinstitute Gvura. Because Anshi Knesset say, do you know what, see, we'll say, often we think that the greatest demonstration of strength is how you flex your muscles. But what Anshi Knesset were saying is that sometimes the greatest display of strength is the ability to abstain from reacting. This is Ezel Gibor HaKovesh Es Yitzro. See, strength is not manifest in your ability to pummel someone else. Strength is truly manifest in your ability to go ahead and exhibit self-control, restraint, and self-mastery. Here, therein lies the greatest, obviously think about, we know this in life. Our strongest moments, our strongest moments are not only vanquish someone else. Well, so you know what our strongest moments are? When someone says something and what? And what? Okay. I don't respond. <laughs> I don't respond. Or someone does something and I don't react. Those are actually the greatest moments of strength. So Anche Knesset come along and say, Yermio, Daniel, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're looking at all of these things as signs of divine weakness. But the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could exhibit restraint in the face of those who are ultimately trampling over his covet, therein lies the greatest form of divine strength. I'm also, you know, our mandate is to emulate the Rebbe Shalom. And if HaKadosh Baruch Hu's strength is most manifest in his divine self-control, even when he is hurt, and even when he is maligned, and even when he is mistreated, he holds his divine tongue. He does not react. And I will say how much we have to bring that to life as well. Because again, circumstances occur each and every day. People say stuff, people do stuff, people treat us in certain ways. And yes, of course, sometimes you do have to react. There's no question. Person also can't be a, a, a doormat. Sometimes you do have to say something back. Sometimes you do have to react. But there are so many other times in life where the best course of action is just silence. The best course of action is just to ignore and to move on. The best course of action is self-restraint. And who do we learn that from? None other than Avinu Shabbat Shamayim. So therefore, again, so ultimately, again, Anshayi Knesset HaGadola comes back, and they go ahead and they reinstate HaKel, HaGodol, HaGibar, Vahanora. So the Gemara says as follows, Verabona. And they also say, by the way, Nora, it's interesting. We translate Nora as awesome. They're also understanding that Nora is from Lashon of Yira. That ultimately, again, they said, how do you explain the existence and survival of the Jewish people amongst a sea of hostile nations? 
It can only be explained because at the end of the day, there is a fear ultimately again that the nations of the world have of Am Yisrael. It's not, a, it's not a conscious fear. It's almost a subconscious fear. And where does that fear come from? It must come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sancheik and Esachidola reinstated all of the praise that Daniel and Yemiel had peeled off. But Abanon, Hechi of the Akiva, Akita Kanta, the Takin Moshe. So it's not more as a more basic Shaila. If Moshe Rabbeinu instituted the verbiage of Hakel, Hagodol, Hagibar, Vanora, how do Yermio and Daniel begin to peel away some of these things? After all, again, if Moshe instituted it, what right do they have to go ahead and change it around? To which the Gemara says, Amr Abelazar, this is beautiful. Mitoch Shiyodin Ba'akodesh Baruchu, Sha'amitihu. Sirabo says, goes back to yesterday's daf, that the essence of the Rebono Shalolam is MS, is truth. So Yermiel and Daniel felt that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would not want us to praise him in ways that don't look genuine. So to call God Gibor when he's being trampled upon, to call God Nora when it looks like he and his nations are being overrun, HaKadosh Baruch Hu would not want us to say things which were untrue or which appeared to be untrue. Now, Anshay Knesset HaKadosh come along and they reframe it. It's still true. It's still true. You just have to understand those attributes in a different way. will say, if you think about this, it's such an incredible yisod. See, the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is MS, which is why, by the way, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not expect perfection from us. This is an incredible yisod. Kodesh Baruch Hu does not expect us to be perfect. What does he expect of us? This is incredibly, incredible. What does he expect of us? To be genuine. That, that's all. I can make mistakes, which I do each and every day. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, just be a genuine person. Don't be fake. Don't be fake. That's one that Kodesh Baruch Hu can't deal with. That's why, what's the entire essence of tshuva? The entire essence of tshuva is just to be genuine. Chatasi, avisi, pashati, asisi, kach vekach. I did it, right? So Rambam says, Elchus Shova. Sisi kach vekach, thari boshti, unichamti b'masai, uli olam eni chozula davarzeh. Just be genuine. Because all HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants of us is MS. That's all. Not perfection. Not even greatness. Not even greatness. Just genuinity. It's a new word. Just invented in the English language right now. Right? Just genuinity. Just ultimately, again, to be a genuine person. Because that is the Mida of the Riban Lashon. Quite incredible. The Gemara goes weiter. The Kari Archimos Rachbasar, so we'll say now we go weiter. So the Gemara says, and the Kohen Gadol does these Krios, all the Krios Torah, ultimately again from Achrimos and Achbasar, Pasha Semar, or Minu, or Mini, Medalgim and Abbe Medalgim Betorah. So we'll say, but one second, the Gemara over here quotes the Gemara Mesakas Megillah, that you're allowed to skip around in the scroll of Nevi'im, but you're not allowed to skip around in Torah. So how are they skipping around over here on Yom Kippur? Lokasha, kam b'chtesh yafsik atorgamon, kam b'chtesh lo yafsik atorgamon. So we'll say the halach is you could skip around as long as what? As long as you get to the second spot before the Turgman finishes his explanation. So let's remember again, Bismani earlier on, they used to have a Turgman. So the job of the Turgman was the Valkari would go ahead and read the Pasuk or Psukim, 
and the Turgaman would then go ahead and explain it, so that it was understandable by the general masses. So the Gemara seems to indicate over here that Allah Chalamai say you could jump around, you could skip around, but you can't essentially have a pause, you can't have a lapse. So therefore, again, you could skip, but you have to get to the second spot before the Turgaman finishes his translation. Katani, I, but I'll say the same, but I says, you could skip in Navi, you can't skip in Torah, and how much can you skip in Navi? So I'll say it sounds like that's a din in Navi. Sounds like you're not allowed to skip around in Torah at all. But in Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol is clearly skipping. From Vayikr to Bamidbar, so the Gemara says, Amrabayilokasha. It's not a problem. You're allowed to skip in Torah. As long as what? As long as what? You are going ultimately, you're staying in the same topic. You're staying in the same topic. So therefore, again, the Kohen Gadol could skip around on Yom Kippur because, again, he's going from one Yom Kippur Kriya to a second Yom Kippur Kriya, right? Ultimately, again, the part that details the Avoda to the part that details the Karbanos. In Navi, interestingly enough, you can skip as much as you want, even in different topics, as long as what? You get to your second destination, Navi, before the Turgaman finishes his translation. I bought Tanya, we learned. And it was there supports this idea. You could skip around in Torah as long as you're staying on topic. And Navi, you could skip even in different topics. So we'll say the halacha when it comes always to skipping is that essentially there can't be tircha de tzibura. You can't go ahead and create a sense of what's the word? Tircha de tzibura. A, um, a what? A schlep, right? That's the technical term, right? You can't go ahead and, and, and schlep out, schlep out davening, right? You can't go ahead and create an inconvenience for the tzibur by essentially creating an unnecessary pause. What the Gemara is suggesting over here is as follows. You could skip in Torah, you could skip in Navi. The limitation is in Torah, you can only skip if you're staying on topic. In Navi, you could skip even from topic to topic, but both in Torah and Navi, you only have the ability to skip if you can get to the second location before what? Before the Turgaman finishes his translation, so that there is no there is no unnecessary pause. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, However, you cannot skip from one Navi to another Navi. So in other words, you know, you can't go from uh, you know Shoftim to Shmuel Aleph. That you can't do. However, the exception to this is Treasar. Treyasabos and the eyes of Chazal is considered to be one book of Nevi'im. So you can go from one Navi to another Navi in Treyasar. Let's say, yeah, okay, good. With one exception, you can't go from the beginning of Treyasar, ultimately, I should say differently, I'm sorry. You can't go from the end of Treyasar to the beginning of Treyasar. So interestingly enough, you can skip in Treyasar even from the beginning to the end, but you can't go from the end to the beginning. Good. The Golel Sefer Torah. So we'll say, then he, Kohen Gadol rolls up the Sefer Torah and he says, more, right? Yoser, more than what I have read to you is written in this scroll. Because let's remember again, there are going to be certain sections that the Kohen Gadol is reading Baal So you want, you are concerned, we don't want it to be that people think that the reason the Kohen Gadol is reading this Baal is why? Because it's not written in the scroll. So therefore he just, he rolls it up, he holds it and he says, by the way, 
Everything I'm telling you is written in this scroll. Some of it I read inside, some of it we're doing outside. So we'll say again, the section in Chumash Bamidbar. He goes and he reads Baalpeh. Amai, Niglov Vinikri. Why I don't send why do you have to read it Baalpeh? Why you you're already in Chumash Vayikra? Just go ahead and roll it to Bamidbar and read this additional section of Asala Chodesh from the from the Torah. This is very interesting. We don't roll the Torah out of Kavad Sibar. There is a din, Kavad Sibar, it's all the same idea. The Kavad Sibar means creating an unnecessary delay. So out Kavad Sibar, we do not roll Sifrei Torah, we do not roll Sifrei Torah during davening. So which again, you know, the Gabbai might usually very much fit on this. Right? Then again, you roll, you roll the Sefer before davening. You don't roll the Sefer during davening itself. Alt Kavat Sibar. So the problem is, if the Kohen Gadol is going to go from Bayikr to Bamidbar, that's going to necessitate ultimately rolling the Sefer Torah. But Sibar, we don't do that. And therefore again, he reads what he reads from Bayikra, rolls it up, holds it, says there's more than what I've read to you is written in here, and reads a section in Bamidbar Baal Peh. I vinaisiachrina vinikri. So I don't know why I'm just bringing a second Sefer Torah. Take out two Sefer Torah. From the first Sefer, read in Chumash Vayikra. From the second one, read in Sefer Bar Shalma Isra. So the Gemara says, Ravuna Bar Yehuda Amar Amar Mishum Pegamal Shalvishon. Both say this is very interesting. Because what's going to happen? What's going to happen? People are going to think that the sec- first Sefer is deficient. And therefore, you're bringing out the second Sefer. See, I was saying, this is such an incredible Yisod. People form opinions all the time without what? Without what? Without sufficient information. So I suppose say, isn't this incredible? In other words, that when someone sees, so what's happening over here is as follows. We have a number of competing halachic principles. Ideally, we'd like to read from a Sefer Torah. The problem is we don't roll a Sefer in the Tzibur. So the Gemara says, so just take out a second Sefer and read from the second Sefer of Midbar. Someone's going to see that, and someone might not know the halacha that you don't roll a Sefer, the Tzibur. So they're going to therefore assume that what? Why are you taking out the second Sefer? Why are you taking it out? Because the first Sefer must be deficient. So we'll say it's an incredible usurp in human nature. We assume, and we all do this at different times, but we assume that we know everything. And so whatever opinion I am forming is based on all of the facts. And often that leads to erroneous conclusions. But again, you can't fight human nature. You can't fight human nature. So the Gemara says you can't take out a second Sefer because Lamaisa, again, people will think the first is deficient. Reish Lakish says there's a different issue. The different issue is ultimately, again, a bracha Well, if you take out a second sefer, you're going to have to make a second set of brachos. So ultimately, again, in reality, you should be able to use the first sefer. We just don't want you rolling the first sefer to Bamidbar. Why? Why? Tircha de Tzibura. So what's the answer? Take out a second Sefer, but that's then going to require another bracha. But you don't really require another Sefer, and therefore that's a bracha shenetzicha, a necessary bracha. I'm sorry. So the Gemara says, one second. In general, do we, this is very interesting. So you're going to tell me we don't take out a second Sefer because people are going to think you took out the second Sefer because the first one doesn't have the section from Bamidbar. But is that true? We'll say, here we go. Rosh Chodesh Teves, Shechal Yos B'Shabbos. When Rosh Chodesh Teves falls out on Shabbos. Now, both say, Rosh Chodesh Teves always falls out when? When? 
during Chanukah. So in Rosh Chodesh, Tevez falls out on Shabbos. But I have a number of Krios. I have Shabbos, I have Chanukah, I have Rosh Chodesh. So what's the halacha? Mevian Shalosh Toros. You take out three Sefer Torah. The Korn Achaz Bin Yanosh Hayom. One of them you go out and you read in Chanukah. I'm sorry, of Parshas Shavua, Va'achash Rosh Chodesh, one for Rosh Chodesh, Va'achash Chanukah. So ultimately, we'll say, so what do you see from here? You have three Sifrei Torah. So you see over here, clearly, we're okay with taking out multiple Sifrei Torah. And we'll say, we're not concerned that someone's going to say, oh, they took out the first Sefer because it has Parshat Shavua. I bet it clearly doesn't have Rosh Chodesh. So we take out a second one. Ah, oh, it clearly doesn't have Chan. So we're not concerned about that. So why don't we take out two Sifrei Torah by Yom Kippur also, make it easy. To which the Gemara says, here's the difference. Tlasa Gavri Bitlasa Svari to which the Gemara says, here's the difference. Everyone agrees that when you have three different individuals getting three different alios and three different svarim, that's not a problem. What's the issue by Yom Kippur? As you Yom Kippur was saying, the only person, quote-unquote, getting the aliyah is who? Is the Kohen Gadol. That's it. Remember again, it's actually very interesting because remember, let's go back for just a moment. Is the Kriya, is the Kriya part of the Avoda? Is the Kriya part of the Avoda? No. Right? It's like, really the answer is no. Really the answer is no. It's kind of a little bit attached to the Avoda because it's what the Gemara called Tzorech Avoda. Right? Because remember again, the Kriya details what's done in the Avoda. So it's a Tzorech Avoda, but it's not real Avoda. But because it's Tzorech Avoda, only the coin Gadol gets the Aliyah. Right? Ultimately again, no one else so we'll see, here's, here's what's interesting the Gemara says. To take out multiple Svarim, when you have multiple Olim, that's fine. That's fine. No one is going to go ahead and be choshesh that there's some deficiency in the Sefer because it's clearly three different Aliyos. That works. The problem we have by Yom Kippur is that it's one Ola. It's all the coin Gadol. So we're concerned that if you start taking out different Svarim for quote-unquote the same Ola, that's where people could come to the erroneous conclusion that perhaps the Sefer itself is deficient. Therefore, the way we remedy Rabbi Sayyid essentially is as follows. The two Krios in, in Chumash Vayikra, right, in Achremos, that, that will do from the same Sefer. Because that you could roll from one Indian to another Indian in the same Sefer, and you do it just quickly enough that what? The Torgamon has not finished his explanations. But for the reading in Chumash Bamidbar, that's what we're going to roll up the Sefer, the Kohen Gadol is going to hold it. He's going to make the, he's going to make the, um, not declaration, what's the word? Um, exception. Um, the, um, okay. He's going to make the statement that, by the way, the Sefer is not deficient. The Sefer is not deficient. The Sefer, what is it? Approbation. Approbation, okay. Good. What? Proclamation. Proclamation. I'm looking for the word that means like the, um, Proviso, right? He's gonna shkoyach, shkoyach. Get that man an extra cup of coffee or something, right? Whatever. What are we handing out back there? She cake, whatever it is. You know, get him an extra piece, an M piece with extra frosting. Right, so, so, so again, so, 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 so the mice again. I'm say so again. So he make, he makes the proviso that says, by the way, everything is written in the safer. You shouldn't think the safer is deficient. Ultimately, again. I'm going to read this Baal Incredible. Says the Gemara. So remember again, the Mishnah then went on and said, we make eight brachas on this Kriya. What are the eight brachas here? We went through them in the Mishnah, but the Gemara goes through them again. Ten Rabbanon. Ala Torah. 
So both we make the bracha of Asher Bachar Banu and Asher Nasan Lanu. Now we, quote, we kind of count that as one bracha, but the Maisa make the bracha before the Kriya, after the Kriya, just like we do by regular Kriya Satora. Avoda is Ritzay, Rashi points out over here, right? Avoda is Ritzay, and ultimately again, Hoda'a is Modim. Va'amichila sa'avon. But we'll say this is the bracha of machala avonosina biyomiki puramaza. The bracha that we say today in Shmona Esrei. They said that ultimately the Kohen Gadol would say it as part of the kriya. Ala mechila avon kitikna. Ala mikdash b'fnei atzmo. Then they made a bracha for the continuity of the base of mikdash. Ve'ala kohanim b'fnei atzmo. Bracha for the kohanim. Va'al yisrael b'fnei atzmo. And for klal yisrael, v'al shar tefila. And then ultimately again. And we'll say the rest of, the, quote unquote, the rest of Dalim. So we'll say, it's very interesting. It appears that Bismana, not appears, Bismana Mikdash, much of what we do in Shmona Esrei, the Kohen Gadol did as the brachos around Kriyasa Torah, which is, which is really co- just quite fascinating. So first of all, say, it should be an incredible chizik for us. Because a lot of times we come to Yom Kippur, and again, as we see, as we go through this Masechta, so much of the essence of the Yom Kippur experience was the avoda of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. And kind of it could be a little bit demoralizing because we see we don't have this. We don't have this. But yet we do have it. We just have it in different forms. Right? So many of the brachas that were part of the Kohen Gadol's Kriyasa Torah become part of our tefillah. Tan Rabbanon. We'll say first wide line. Tan Rabbanon. Ushara tefillah. Rina tchina bakasha melfanech al amcha yisol shetzichin livashaya. So we'll say again. The rest of the two, if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says, "Tera Rabbanon Sharat Tvila Hashnei B'Mishnah Kachi Rina Tchina Bakasha Melfanachal Amchi Sashet Tzichin Libashaya." So ultimately, again, the Kohen Gadol had a beautiful formulated Tvila Alamchi Yisrael Bizpuli Chashmor Dam for Klal Yisrael Shetzichin Libashaya, who requires salvation. The Chosim Bishameat Tvila, and the way he would end off this bracha was with the suffix of Shameat Tvila. Ve'Achar Kach, we'll listen to this. Ve'Achar Kach. Every person would bring his Sefer Torah from home. Now, it sounds like they're bringing it now. In fact, we'll say they weren't bringing it now. Remember again, they were bringing, they were bringing their Sefer Torah already from Erev Yomtiv. Because remember again, Yom Kippur, like Shabbos, has an Isser Hotzah, right? Unlike other Yomim Tovim, where one is permitted to go ahead and carry, the Maise Yom Kippur is like Shabbos, has an Isser Hotzah. So what it means is, those who had Sefer Torah, would bring their Sefer Torah already from before Yom Kippur, the Korebo, and they would then go ahead and read in their Sefer Torah, in order to show the beauty of their Sefer Torah to others. Look at Rashi. Laharos chazusa l'rabim, laharos noyav shal sefer Torah v'tiferes ba'ala shetarach leisnalus b'mitzvah shnei amar zekili v'anveu histan lefanav b'mitzvos. Look, so I'll say today the idea over here is it's actually interesting, and if you think about it, it seems to be at, at first at least a little bit out of place in Yom Kippur. Right? So it's Yom Kippur. The Kohen Gadol is doing the avodah. They just finished the kriya, and then what happens after they finish the kriya? Everybody who had a sefer Torah takes out his Sefer Torah. And what does he do with his Sefer Torah? He reads from his Sefer Torah to display the beauty of his Sefer to everyone, Rashi points out, because there's a concept 
of This is my God and I will exalt him. Hisna'a, the fun of the mitzvahs. Beautify your mitzvahs. Make a beautiful sukkah. Make a, purchase a beautiful lulav. And if you write a Sefer Torah, if you have the schus, write a Sefer Torah, write a beautiful Sefer Torah. That's the idea. Now, both say, now what does this have to do with Yom Kippur? Right? What does, this, what, what does this have to do? Everybody's bringing their personal Sefer Torah. What does it have to do with Yom Kippur? So perhaps the Pshat is a very simple one. Now, both say, Yom Kippur is the day of Slicho Mechila, forgiveness. What's the point of forgiveness? The point of forgiveness is a brand new beginning. Right? I want a clean slate. I want a brand new year. Well, what am I going to do with a brand new year? So we'll say, so what does everyone do on Yom Kippur? They bring their Sefer Torah. Almost to say, Ribono Olam, I promise you that if you give me another year, I'm going to use it to learn and to live Torah. That's what I'm going to do. Because what does a Jew want to do with his year? We'll say, what, is, what am I asking for? Another year for hedonistic pursuits? Another year to have a good time? Another year to acquire wealth? Those are all nice things. You can do all those things. But what's the Iker of life? What is the Iker of life? The Iker of life, we'll say, is the ability to learn and ultimately to live Torah. Isn't that what the life of the Jew is all about? So on the holiest day of the year, when the Kohen Gadol finishes his Kriyasa Torah, what does everyone do? They take out their Sifrei Torah and they read from it. To show ultimately, if you give me another year of life, I'm going to learn and I'm going to live your Torah. Because Zohi Hachayim, that is the essence of life. The Gemara goes right there. Harua Koin Gadol. So remember again, the Mishnah said an interesting statement. If you see the Koin Gadol doing Kriyasa Torah, you won't have the ability to see the Koin Gadol burning the par. Right? And if you see, so the Gemara says, not because you're not allowed, not because you're not allowed to, just because they're in two different geographic locations. So Pshita, that's obvious. So Shlokish says, in general, the halacha is, you're not allowed to pass over mitzvah. So this is the general concept of mitzvah. If an opportunity to do a mitzvah comes your way, take it, take it, don't pass over it. So the Gemara says, what does this mean? My mitzvah, what's the mitzvah? Berov am hadras melech. You might have thought as follows. Let's say right now you are by the burning of the par, but you really want to be by the Kohen Gadol's Kriyasa Torah. So you might have thought you're not allowed to leave the par to go see the Kriya. Why? Because where you are, you're helping to create the multitudes for the mitzvah. So perhaps wherever you are, that's where you have to stay. Kamash Malon, Kamash Malon, ultimately again, that you are permitted to go ahead. So both sides, so the, the idea is, there are two different geographic locations. So you have to choose in life where you want to be. Do you want to see the burning of the power? Do you want to go ahead and see the reading of the Kriyasa Torah? And again, you might have thought that wherever you are, that's where you have to stay. You can't move. Now, why would you think that? Because you are helping to create a multitude wherever you are. Kamash Malon, you could be wherever you choose to be. Just understand what? That Allah you could only be in one location. So we'll say two incredible life lessons. Lesson number one is you can't answer every chasnas. We spoke about it a couple of days ago. Right? In life, you have to make a decision what you want to do, where you want to be. And you can't do everything and you can't be everything. And understand that whenever you choose A, you give up B. That's the way it works. You want to see the burning of the power? You're not going to see the Kriya Satorah. You want to see the Kriya Satorah? You're not going to go ahead and see the burning of the power. Because in life, whenever you choose what you want, understand that you are giving something else up. And therefore, choose wisely. Because whatever you choose, by definition, entails sacrifice. Rabbi also teaches us something else. 
Just because you made a decision now doesn't mean you can't reverse that decision later on. Meaning that if you chose to be by the burning of the power, and then what? And then you say to yourself, oh, I really want to see the Kriya Satora of the Kohen Gadol. Do you have the right to leave and go to the Kriya? Absolutely. You may not make it in time, but Lamaisa, you have every right to go out and do that. Tirabo says, sometimes in life we make decisions and we assume that those decisions are irreversible and unchangeable. And therefore we feel locked in to certain life decisions we have made. And we think there's no recourse. There's no ability to change, but it's not true. It's, what is true is when you make a decision and you choose the para, you're giving up the kriya. You choose the kriya, you're giving up the power. Whenever you make a decision in life, whatever you choose, you're sacrificing something else. But when you make a decision, sometimes in life you realize, I didn't make the right decision. Or, I made the decision that was right then, but it's not good for me now. It's never too late to engage in course correcting activity. You could always make the decision to change your life around. You might have thought that once you make the decision, you're locked in. If you want to move from location A to location B, you have the ability to do that. The ability to change and the ability to move myself from one place to another is always an option I possess. Incredible. I will say, right during the Mishnah. Now we're going to get, for the rest of the daft today, we're going to get a bit more into some of the technical issues regarding the sacrifices, regarding the Karbanos. Here we go. In Bebegdei Butzkore, if the Kohen Gadol was doing the Kriya Satora in the linen garments, right? So remember again, for the Kriya, he has the right to either wear a Big Day Kahuna or his own clothing. So for argument's sake, let's assume that he was continuing to wear the Big Day Kahuna. And the Big Day Butz Kore, Kiddish Yadav Veraglov, he would sanctify his hands and feet, meaning he would wash his hands and feet. Pashat Yarad Vitaval, he would go ahead and disrobe, get undressed, go down to the mikvah. All of in staff, they come up and get dried off. big days off. And the boss said, then they would bring him the golden clothing. So remember, he's finished the Kriya. He's finished the Kriya. Goes to the mikvah, comes up, dries off, puts on the gold clothing. The Kiddish of Araglov, and then he would once again sanctify his hands and feet. The He now goes out to do the ayol, the ram offering. I will say there are two, there are two, there are two ayols. His ayol, right? His ram and the communal ram. And furthermore, now he would also offer up the seven sheep, the seven lambs. Seven lambs. These are Rabbi Eliezer. So both say, these are Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Akiva says, no, in Tomah Shoshachar, how you crave him. Both Rabbi Akiva argues and he says that the seven lambs were actually offered up earlier in the morning together with the Tomit Shal Shachar, the morning Tomit. Upara Ola, and he would offer up the par, the Sar Hanasabachotz, and the Sar that was done outside. Hayukrivim Tomit Shal Bein Abayim. These were offered up, this is Rabbi Akiva Shita, Karan Rabbi Akiva, the para Ola, and the Sar that was done by Chutz. This ultimately again was offered up with the Tomit Shal Bein Harabayim. Good. Kidesh Yadav Viraglov. He goes, so we'll say, this is the Machlokes between Rabbi Elias and Rabbi Akiva. Ultimately, again, when were the seven lambs offered up? So what happens? Now we go right there. Says the Gemara. Uh, good. Kidi Shadav Raglov, he now sanctifies his hands and feet. Pashat undresses. Yarad Vitavl goes to the mikvah again. Olav in his stampy comes up, he drives off. Hevilo Big Day Lavan. Now they bring him once again the white clothing. So I will say, the Kidei Shadav Raglov, he goes ahead. Remember again, I will say, the process always is the way we pass in is that Halacha Lamaisa. When you disrobe, you go to the mikvah, you go to the mikvah, come up, get right, dry off, 
get dressed, sanctify hands and feet. Remember again, we actually pass in their sanctification two times, right? After you undress, after you undress, oh, excuse me, before you undress, there's Kiddush Adayim Veraglayim, undress, mikvah, dress, Kiddush Adayim Veraglayim. He's now wearing the white clothing. The Kiddush Adayim Veraglov, Nichnos Lootiyah Sakafes and So it's very interesting. Now, he goes back into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Why does he go back into the Kodesh HaKadoshim? Because what did he leave there? He left there the ladle and the fire pan. Remember again, we'll say the way the Ketoras service works, we know is that he pours the Ketoras, right? Remember again, he does the whole process where he empties the contents of the ladle into his hands, right, without spilling anything. He then places the Ketoras onto the coals on the fire pan, and the Kodesh HaKadoshim then fills with smoke. He leaves. He leaves. He lets that process unfold by itself. Now the Bosai is coming back to remove the ladle and the fire pan. He once again goes ahead and washes his hands and feet. Once again, the Bosai, same process, goes to the mikvah, comes out, dries off. Now he puts on his gold clothing. Kiddish Yadav Veraglov, he sanctifies his hands and feet. Vinichnas lahaktir kitor shabain harbaim, will hate saneros. And I will say, now he goes ahead, and where's the big days of, for what purpose? To offer up the afternoon kitores and to kindle the menorah. And I will say, the lashon of lahaitive saneros literally means to like arrange the menorah. Remember, arrangement of the menorah was already done when? Already done when? In the morning. Now in the afternoon, he's actually coming in to kindle the menorah. The after he kindles the menorah, once again washes his hands and feet. Remember again, the last thing done for the day is what? Is the menorah. Right? The menorah is the concluding service. At this point in time, the coin Godel has finished the avoda of the Yabose. By the way, I'll point out, we mentioned this before, the easy way to remember when he wears white and when he wears gold is how? Is how? White is worn for the things that are uniquely Yom Kippur related. Gold is worn for the things that are part of everyday service. That's why the last begadim he wears are the gold begadim. He's offering up the afternoon kitores and kindling the menorah. Both parts of daily service. After this is done, he comes up, goes to the mikvah again, comes out, and what does he put on? Hevilo bigde atzma. We'll say the avoda of the day is done. Now Yom Kippur is not over quite yet, right? Because remember again, when was the menorah kindled? When was the menorah kindled? Bein harbayim before nightfall, right? Evening before nightfall. So, but nevertheless, again, the queen gadol is done. The avoda is done. He gets dressed in his own clothing. About to how beautiful this is. Umalavin also adeso. They would escort him back to his house. The Yom Tov Haya Oselo Habav. The Kohen Gadol would make a Yom Tov. A Yom Tov. He would make a celebratory feast. Lo Habav. What's the Hudi Ohavav? Right? So it's, it's an interesting word because there are different Gersos. In fact, again, if you look, if you look in Musaf of Yom Kippur, different Machzorim have a different Gersos. Some say the Krovav for his family. Others say Lo Ohavav. So I say I've often felt Ohavav is such. Who, who, who's the Oiv of the Kohen Gadol? Who's the Oiv? Everyone, right? Who doesn't love the Queen Gadol on Yom Kippur, right? You got to be a really, you need a real refuah shalema if you don't like the Queen Gadol on Yom Kippur, right? If some reason, so it's, we'll talk about this a little bit more. 
But the idea is he made a yomtiv We'll say what was why why did he make a celebration? Because he emerged from the Kodesh Hakadoshim whole, right? Or or when I say whole, when I say whole, I mean alive, right? Alive. He he, he walked out. So ultimately, again, he made a beautiful yomtiv. So we'll we'll discuss that. So we'll say let's go back because the point of contention over here in the Mishnah is when the seven sheep were offered up. Right, ultimately again, so Rabbi Eliezer has them being offered up almost as part, we'll call it in the afternoon. Rabbi Akiva has them being offered up already with the Talmud Shal Shachar. So let's analyze a bit. So the Gemara says, So what are we saying? In Talmud Shal Shachar, how you craving? Upara Ola Vesar Nasa Bechot in Talmud Shal Arbaim? Are we seeing that the seven sheep? We're offered up together, ultimately, I went to Tamil Shal Shachar, but the Paraola and the Sar Bachutz was done with the Tamil Shal Ben Arbaim. Maybe this is what it means to say, Im Tamid Shal Shachar Hayu Kraven, maybe the seven sheep were offered up with the Tamid Shal Shachar, Upar Haola Bahadayu, the Par was offered up by itself, the Sar Hanoa Sabachutz in Tamil Shal Ben Arbaim, and the Sair that was done Bachutz, ultimately that was offered up. Furthermore, Vesu, Para Ola Rabbi Eliezer, the Shari Amos Avadeh. But say, interesting, Rabbi Eliezer doesn't even mention the Para Ola. So, according to Rabbi Eliezer, when was the Para Ola being offered up? Vesu, Bein Rabbi Eliezer, Bein Rabbi Akiva, Emure Chantos Amos Avadeh. Furthermore, according to Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi, and Rabbi Akiva, when were the limbs of the Chantos offered up? Amr Rabbi. So, Rabbi says, Lo Meshkachos, Lo Maskanta. Ella old Rabbi Eliezer, the Tanah Debe Rabbi Shmuel, old Rabbi Akiva Kidato Sefta. So we'll say, comes along. Comes along. Rava, and Rava says, the truth is there are two authoritative versions. Either there's the Sheet of Rabbi Eliezer, which was espoused by the Tanah Debe Shmuel, or the Sheet of Rabbi Akiva that we find in the Tosefta. So let's take a look at both of these versions. The Tanah Debe Shmuel, because in Tanah Debe Shmuel they said as follows: Rabbi Eliezer Omer, first of the widest lines of both. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Yatsa va'asa elo ve'elaam. The Kohen Gadol goes out and does his ram and the ram of the people. Ve'imure chatos, and he also offers up the chatos limbs. Ava par ha'ola, but the ola par v'shivas kvasim and the seven lambs v'sar na'asabachutz im tamid shabin abayim. All of these things, according to Rabbi Eliezer are done with the afternoon Tamid. Rabbi, so we'll say that's the position of Rabbi Eliezer, with a specific focus on the seven lambs that are done together in conjunction with the Tamid Shabbin Ha'arbayim. Rabbi Akiva de Tosefta Mahi, what's Rabbi Akiva de Tosefta? The sign Rabbi Akiva Omer, Par Ha'ola, Par Ha'ola, sorry, V'shivas Kvasim, Im Tamid Shal Shachar Hayukravin. So what's Rabbi Akiva argues fundamentally, and he says, no, the seven lambs were offered up together with the Tamid Shal Shachar. They were done in the morning. Shene Amar, Milvad Olas Haboker, Asher Liolas HaTamid. The Achar Kach Avodas Hayom, afterwards was the rest of the Avodah of the day, Amid days. Oops. Sorry. The Achar Kach, Shar Nasabachutz, and then afterwards is the Sar that was done outside. Shene Amar, Seir Izim Echad Chatos, Milvad Chatos Kiporim. The Achakach Eilo, afterwards was the Isle of the Kohen Gadol, the Isle of Am, and the Isle of the people. The Achakach Emore Chatos, and then afterwards were the Emorim of the Chatos. The Achakach Tamashal Ben Arbaim, and then only afterwards, we'll see in Rabbi Kiva's model, the Tamashal Ben Arbaim is the last thing that's done. It's the last sacrificial item that's done. 
Shabbosei Vada, I'll just point out, we'll see the Rambam is going to Paskin like Rabbi Akiva. So the order that we just read is actually the way it was done in the base of the show. Take a look at that for one moment. According to Rabbi Akiva, what do you have? Par ha'ola, right? The ola par, and the seven kvasim, the seven lambs, they were done with the tamid shal shachar. They were done with the tamid shal shachar. Then there's the rest of the avoda of the day, as we have seen, right? Afterwards is the seir, right? The seir of the seir bachutz. Then ultimately again, then then the Isle of the Kohen Gadol, the Isle of the people, the burning of the limbs of the Chatos, and then again the concluding sacrificial piece is the Tamil Shabbat Arbay. That, that's the order of the according to Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara says, my time is Rabbi Eliezer. So let's, we're jumping back and forth a little bit. So what's Rabbi Eliezer? She will say, why does Rabbi Eliezer say that Halacha Lamaisa, the carbon Musaf, was brought together with the Tamashal Ben Abayim. So the Gemara says, Avid Kedichsev. Rabbi Eliezer feels that that is the most straightforward reading of the Pesukim. Avid Bereshit Tarskanim. First, do that which is spelled out in Bayikra. Bahadur, the Chomesh Apikudim. And then you do the sacrificial service that's spelled out in Chomesh Bamidbar. But Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, where does, where does he get his order from? Kedichtani Taima. As we saw before, Melvat Olas Haboker Asher Li Olas Hatomid. Alma. Musafin in Tamid Shal Shachar Avid Lehu. Shabbosai say, interestingly enough, Rabbi Kiva, this is the juxtaposition of the Psukim, Milvada Allah Sabok Yashar Leolah Satan, it teaches me that the Musaf, Rabbosai, the Musaf over here are the seven lambs, that the seven lambs are offered up together with the Tamid Shal Shachar. Rabbi Eliezer, Hai Milvad, Hai Milvad, Chatasa Kiporim, my Avilei. What does Rabbi Eliezer do with this Pasik? Homi Bailei. To teach us, Rabbi said that the Karbanos are Mechaper for the same things. Now, if you look at Rashi, Rashi over here points, actually, right, Rashi right across. We're not going to get into this now, but the point over here is there are different, these Karbanos, many of these Karbanos are Mechaper for Tumah, inadvertent Tumah in the Mikdash. There are different forms of inadvertent tumma in the Mikdash. There's what's called Yesh Ba Yidiya Bitchila Vain Ba Yidiya Basov. Ain Ba Yidiya Bitchila the Yesh Ba Yidiya Basov. In other words, tumma that occurs where I have moments of cognition, moments where I know what I have done, but then have a lapse of awareness. Rabbi Eliezer understands it to teach me that all of these kabanos are machaper for all the same types of tumma. Rabbi Huda Omar Mishmo. Rabbi Huda says, Echad Karavim Daman Shal Shachar. The shisha in Tamish Rabbi Elamar. So we'll say now a new shita. Rabbi Huda says the name of Rabbi Eliezer. That what? The way the six lambs are actually broken up is as follows. I'm sorry, the seven lambs, I should say. You have one offered up with the Tamish Shal Shachar and six offered up with the Tamish Shal Ben Arbaim. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon Omer Mishmo. No, Rabbi Elazar Shimon says in his name, Shisha Kriven of Tamish Shal Shachar. Six are offered up with the Tamashal Shachar, one offered up with the Tamashal Ben Arbaim. What's the logic of the Rabbanon? It says two Psukim. It says ultimately, in addition to the old of the morning. We'll say the Allah Sabbath refers to Tamashal Ben Shachar. In addition to Tamashal Shachar, it says he will go out and do his Ola Hilchach. Avid Minaya Hacha, Uminacha, Rabbana will say, the Pasik seems to indicate 
that some of the kvasim are offered up in the morning and some of them are offered up in the afternoon. Therefore, again, one is going to be done in the morning, six in the afternoon. So the Gemara says, the what are they arguing about? Rabbi Huda will say like this, perform one of the seirim in the morning with the Tamit Shashachar, and then go ahead and do the rest of the avod of the day, meaning the avod of Yom Kippur. Dilma because we're concerned that maybe the coin gadol will get weakened and fail to perform the avod of the day, which of course would be problematic. But Lazar Shimon Saber, no. Kevan Askil Shisha. But Lazar Shimon say once you already started, perform six. Dilma Pasha, because perhaps he will be negligent in finishing off the rest. Because we're not concerned that the Kohen Gadol is going to become negligent with the Avod of Yom Kippur. Why? Because for the Avod of Yom Kippur, he is Zoriz. So we'll say, interestingly enough, everyone agrees, according to this, that there is only one communal ayol that's offered up, one communal ram. Kiman Kerebi, the son of Rebbe Omer, Ayol Echata Amr Khan, Hua Amr Bechum Shabikudim. We'll say, Rebbe says, even though the ayol is mentioned twice, once in Baikra, once in Bamidbar, it's the same ayol. There's only one communal aisle. Rabbi Shimon says, no, there are actually two communal rams that are offered up. One mentioned in Vayikra, one mentioned in Bamidbar. There are two different aisles. My time with the Rebbe, what's Rebbe's logic? So which in the case does, teaches me what? One aisle. Rabbi Elazar, my echad, what does he mean when he says echad? Miyuchad Sheba Edro. Echad doesn't mean one. Echad means what? The best. The best. That when bringing an ayo, you must bring the, bre- the best from the flock. Rebbe learns that out ultimately again from Mivchar Nedarecha. The Pasik says explicitly, the best of your Nedarecha. Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Shimon, Chad Bechova, Vechaben Edava. will say, no, no, no. One is to teach you that you must bring the best when it's an obligatory offering and ultimately you must bring the best when it is a voluntary offering utsrichi. And I both say you need to teach me this halacha both by obligatory offerings as well as by voluntary offerings utsrichi. Look at Rashi utsrichi. Sheyesh das note lomar nedava muvcharest kideh shitiye mekubelas baratzon. Sheyesh das note lomar chovati muvcharest kideh shiyetzuchas. Because again, had I not written it by both, I could have made the argument. That maybe you only have to bring the best by a neder, or maybe you only have to bring the best ultimately by a chova. Therefore, the Torah writes it in both places to teach you that whenever you're bringing the karban, it must always come from the best. So, Rabbi Sayyidullah, son, just once again to close out this sugya, we paskin like the, well, we, the Rambam paskins like Rabbi Akiva, and therefore, again, the order, the order is as espoused on the bottom of Amadalif, namely, Ultimately, you start obviously with Tamit Shachar, right? The Par Ha'ola, Shiva Kvasim. So the Ola Par, the seven lambs are brought together with the Tamit Shachar. That's the way it works. Then Rabbi Akiva says, you do Avodas Hayom, the rest of the Avoda of Yom Kippur, and the rest of the Avoda of the day. And then again, there's the Seir Hana Sebachot, the Seir that's done on the outside. One Seir, that's why asking only one Seir. Right? And ultimately, again, after that, the ayol of the coin gadol, the ayol of the am, the burning of the sacrificial parts of the chatos, and then you close out the day with the tamid shabain ha'arbayim. That's the sacrificial according to Rabbi Akiva, sacrificial order adapted according to the Rambam. We'll say we're going to stop over here.
coming attractions, incredible daf tomorrow. Absolutely incredible daf tomorrow. We're going to get into the rest of the avoda. We will also get into the coin gadol. Also, we're going to see that last piece where the coin gadol changes into his personal clothing and is escorted home. And the yantev haya osa, incredible stuff ahead of us. We'll say Have a wonderful day.